Once I hit this button, Will, we're going to be live. Are you, are, you, are you ready? Oh, God. Will's constipated. Shirt on or off? <laughs> uh, off. Always <laughs> off. The, the answer is always off. All right, here I go. I'm going to click it. Hit the button. Oh. Oh. Loading. This is the buffering. <laughs> oh. Wardcast episode one one one. Ah, go. <laughs> I'm Dylan Vento, and I am rejoined once again by Will Blanton, co-founder of RVA Game Jams and Hyperreal, a newly married man. That's right. How's that feel? It feels great. Yeah. Look at this bling. Oh shit. Oh. Oh, give it to me. Okay. Can't can't take it. Can't yeah. take it off. Yeah. Of course. Wait. Just need to just need just need yeah. a little butter. <laughs> Is this wood? Yeah. What kind of wood? Zebra wood. Oh, wait. Do you kill both a zebra and a tree? Yeah. To make your wedding band? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, it's really inhumane. Several zebras. <laughs> oh. <laughs> To, to, to make the one. Yeah, the process is pretty involved. <laughs> Gotta grind them up, powderize <laughs> them, and then you mix it into the wood. And then you you put you, you make a kind of a seed out of it, and you plant the seed. And then you throw that out, and you just make <laughs> something out of wood. <laughs> <laughs> that is too involved. <laughs> cool. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I, uh, I was at the ceremony. Let's not forget the most important part. Me. Right. At your wedding. Yeah. No, it was cool. Did you enjoy uh, yourself? Yes, I did. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> the um, I don't know. I don't go to a lot of weddings. I think in terms of wedding count, Wendy is higher up than me. Mm-hmm. But uh, should have left her at home, knocked her down a peg. <laughs> no kidding. But I don't know when you go to when you go to like a family wedding feels I don't know less real. I guess it's yeah. like oh I'm I'm here out of obligation. Right, or like they invited me. Yeah. out of obligation. But this was like my first like real adult person, me being adult person, invited by a friend wedding. It nice. Felt, felt really cool. I'm glad we could pop your cherry. It's just now it's just a big mess. <laughs> you did that and then you left. <laughs> I'm here and cleaning up the mess. Walking around Richmond searching for other weddings <laughs> to go to. Did you get more? <laughs> uh yeah, it was awesome. And before we go any further. We're coming to you live Whoa. on caffeine. We're streaming. Yeah. So now, in case you ever wanted to see what ridiculous antics we're up to physically, you can tune in. At none. No ridiculous antics going on over here. Oh, we had one viewer for like one second. It's like, fine. No, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just, just dudes in a. <laughs> in a room it's a weird mat behind him some, 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 some sort of terrorist video <laughs> <laughs> alright get get the balclavas out oh, put them geez. on <laughs> yeah, oh, make the no. cam really shaky I told my wife I wouldn't get beheaded today <laughs> explicitly told her <laughs> just, no beheadings today right honey that's right dear <laughs> it's, it's just Dylan's house no, nothing bad could be going on there Um, but yeah uh, sorry, I didn't mean to over, to derail wedding talk with with streaming talk. That's fine. Is this gonna be? 
Is the video going to be recorded? No. So the way caffeine works is that it's kind of like as soon as the as soon as I hit end, the, the 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 stream is done. Exclusive. The, the video's gone, but we will have the recorded version up, going. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. But tell me more about the the wedding. What what happened? Did it like really pop off after I after I left? I don't remember when you left. I left while David was singing on karaoke. Like his first song? His first song. Oh, yeah. You missed a lot. Yeah, what I miss? Uh, just more karaoke. Okay. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Winnie and I were talking about that on the drive back, about like weddings. Weddings should be about the couple. They yeah. shouldn't be about, you know, because you know, traditional weddings or like, you know, Catholic weddings. It's like, oh, it's basically just mass, but a wedding. Right. But like weddings should be about the people getting married. So yeah. they should be doing things. The the wedding should have activities involved that the couple likes, not like, yeah. oh, it's like the, you know, the grandparents here and the grandparents, they don't like standing up and dancing. So we're right. not going to have a lot of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was cool. I like I like the venue, Triple Crossing. Never been to that brewery. It was cool. Yeah. I was very disappointed by the arcade. Yeah. They don't, they, there was more arcade games like in the the uh, like loading dock area when we were like cleaning up afterwards. Really? It was like, eh. Who would have arcade cabinets and not have them and not playable? display them? Were they actual cabinets? Yeah, like, like I think like Galaga or something. All right, nothing, well, I'm, nothing like I wasn't like that. That is an shoot. arcade game, right? Uh, sh- shoot, one of these rare ones really that missed, missed out. out. Uh, yeah, because because you said oh, and there'll be an arcade. I'm like okay, cool. It's like breweries <laughs> and arcades. Like that's 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 a thing now. And so we walk in, and you know, I wasn't expecting some like grand assembly. But I walk in, I'm like, so where's the arcade? I turn to my left, like right after I enter like the doorway, and it's just like three pinball machines. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly what breweries do, mm-hmm. that, and they define this as an arcade. This is not an arcade. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm sorry. Have you been to, uh, what's it called? Circuit? The Circuit? No, I have not been to Circuit yet, but I hear it's cool. They have some cool games, but it's like way too crowded for me. Really? <laughs> yeah, like I'm... More crowded than like a regular arcade is? I don't... Like, there's sparse memories of real arcades in my mind. Like, went to a few, like, at the mall and at the beach. And, like, all I can remember is playing some video games. But, like, I remember... That's usually where most arcades are. They're usually at the mall or at the beach. Right. But, like, I guess I I don't think they were crowded. But it might have been I was just, like, way more into arcades when I was a kid. Right. Nowadays, like, I walk into Circuit and it's just, like, five people on every cabinet. And I'm just, like, I'm having a panic attack right now. My my boss went to Circuit and so they don't have an actual DDR machine. I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's, like, some knockoff DDR it's machine. It's not the uh, diagonal. No, no, no. no. Okay. It's, 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 it's traditional. It's, it's the correct configuration of the mat. It's the four cardinal directions. But it's... uh. It's not, it's, it's named something else. It's not DDR. It's called something else. But the owners like side loaded DDR songs onto it. Oh, so, snap. So it's like the actual DDR catalog. I don't know, like evolution, whatever, like whatever the names are of the different DDR games. But Captain Jack. It's, it's <laughs> is that actually on DDR? Yeah. Billy Joel's Captain Jack? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's that's the only Captain Jack I know. Yeah, you'll have to look that up afterwards right, and well, get real I was disappointed. About to say, I, was like, I don't feel like that any Billy Joel song, I don't feel like would go well with a DDR. Yeah, no, it's just like shitty Euro dance with some oh, okay. dude 
talking about Captain Jack. Like turnstiles and like you just like frantically tapping back and forth. Um what if you that'd be like a fever dream where you go into an arcade and you go up to the DDR and it's just all Billy Joel and he's like, Where am I? What's going on? It's the owner, the operator is like really into Billy Joel, so he's like, nah, piano man or nothing. That'd be great. Um but yeah, no, uh, breweries do this thing now where they say, yeah, we have an arcade and it's just pinball machines. Yeah. Or they'll be like, we have board game, crazy board games. And it's like, okay, you have Catan and Operation. Like <laughs> it shoots and ladders. Yeah. I mean, it's really people just want to get drunk. Right. And they don't care what they're playing. And like people got tired of being like, I want to get drunk. And then people will be like, well, where do you go to get drunk? And you're like this really shitty, smelly bar where people harass me. So now they can be like, I go to an arcade. Aha. Arcade where I get where I get classy drunk. Yeah. And then it's classy drunk. Uh my Dan, you know Dan. Dan uh-huh. Dan took his wife there. Uh and apparently she smashed the the Miss Pac Man high score at circuit, but they unplug all the machines at night, so it doesn't right. fucking matter. What's the point? Yeah. So you just oh I got, you know, three million points on Miss Pac Man, but it's gonna be cleared. Your your <sighs> one signed ASS isn't going to be there tomorrow. Damn it. <laughs> so you just have to go back and do it again. Where are we? Weddings. Weddings Wedding went well. How does it feel being a married man? Has anything changed? Can you still play games? No. No more games. <laughs> just uh, Julie threw out your, yeah. <laughs> your raspberry pie and everything. Yeah, I just spent all my time doing laundry and... Telling my wife how beautiful she is. The newspaper clippings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just read the newspaper in the morning, fold it up, right. and you just go sit outside. I have never I haven't even seen a newspaper in ten years and all of a sudden there's just one in my hands every <laughs> morning. <laughs> Showing up what? Um But have you been playing anything? Uh I don't think so, no. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like it's a video game podcast, William. I know it's been like three weeks or so since I've been <laughs> on too. Should have been able to accumulate something. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, I tried to play um, Wolfenstein: New Order, the first one. Yeah, not the new one that came out. Not the first Wolfenstein. <laughs> not not re- re- Return to right. Wolfenstein, comma Return to <laughs> Castle. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I was just like. I'll, I'll take a chance on this. I think my computer can run this. And it was already in my Steam library. Like, that's another weird thing about just like not playing games that often is being like, huh. did I buy this? Like, this popped up. I feel like it was on sale at one point and I bought it and I look at on my phone first because that's more accessible. That's the game I play every uh, Humble Bundle. It's like, all right, yeah. I want, wait. <laughs> let's, dude, let's go back oh, and oh, see which one of these oh, I already have. Let me see. Oh, I already You own. see the humble button and you're like, whoa, this is a good one. <laughs> and then you go back and you're like, oh, I already own all of these. I already have Antichamber. Or it's like, uh, sorry, I, child's play. I already, I already bought, uh, the, this is going to be my fourth time buying uh, Day of the Tentacle. <laughs> Maybe I don't need it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, let's do this. Um, and so... I like deleted a bunch of games to make room for it. Uh, I downloaded it, installed it, started to run it, and it would just like pop up and then die. Oh, really? And so I was just like, oh, man. So, you know, I did the usual like, let's check the Steam forums for the common fix for this, blah, blah, blah. 
and it was just like oh yeah you just need the new uh driver for your graphics card but make sure you get it from like this specific route not being like uh hey uh your cdn has to be https not (laughs) http right and so like i followed all the directions i'm very good at following directions okay because that's good for married life i I, I used to be a a software pirate (gasps) more on piracy later yar um and uh so I did it and then it was like all right restarting windows and it restarted windows and then it just hung on the windows startup screen flashing off and off <laughs> i was like wonderful great and so i just <laughs> left the room and left it doing its thing your driver made a <laughs> made your computer kernel panic yeah and so like a week later i go back to it and it's still just in the room flashing and it's like yeah have you had enough just like creak open the door hey you done there just <laughs> okay i'll be back later <laughs> So I uh, I went ahead and restored Windows to its previous configuration or whatever. So I'm not going to play Wolfenstein, I guess. <laughs> These drivers, they're corrupted. They're yeah. bad. These are bad drivers. Um, Yeah, because I was playing Shadow of War when you were doing all that. So it's just a little <laughs> note. If Steam notification comes up, it's like, 01010111 is trying to play. <laughs> Wolfenstein the New Order and then it went away. I was like, oh cool. And then it came up again. <laughs> I was like, again. huh. And then it came up like again. And then it came up like eight more times. I was like Will's Will's having problems yeah. with uh with Wolfenstein the New Order. So that was pretty fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good time. Yeah. Uh killed a lot of Nazis. I was like worried that like the Windows restore thing wouldn't work. So it's like when you have you ever as an adult, have you ever had like a semi major uh like injury like broken a bone or something like or like a deep cut uh well i pinched my finger two different times trying to uh put these mics on does that count yeah is that a major injury (laughs) well like you ever like get an injury and you're just like oh no (laughs) oh darn like for instance like something about my feet if i stub a toe i'm just like i'm not even gonna look at this until Uh. later Oh, yeah. And so that's what I was like. I was just like, I'm not even going to deal with this till later. So I just let my computer sit alone in a room. No, anytime my PC, this PC does anything like that, I'm just like, well, not today. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I need like a solid eight hours to sit down and diagnose whatever's going on here. I had that same problem with the the restoring previous version of Windows because I, uh, this this PC, the PC we were streaming on, wanted to uh, run an update. And I was like, no. And then I went to shut it down one day and accidentally hit shut down and update. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> and so it shuts down and then the and then I completely forgot about it. Or it like does does the spinner for a while. And it's like, all right, you know, updating. I'm like, cool, whatever. And then the next day, it was the day I was gonna test out all of the streaming equipment. It uh I, I click it to go on and screen doesn't come on. And I've had this before where when Windows update updates, it doesn't it doesn't recognize the video drivers anymore. And I have the HDMI plugged straight into the graphics card. Right. So there's a black screen. And so I'm sitting there like, uh, okay, um, I think it's gonna probably take a little while and then it'll it'll fix itself. And I was like, well, or I can just be super lazy and just manually shut it off. So I just held down the power button and shut it off and then turn it back on. Because it, it, it nothing had come up, and I was like, "All right, it's been long enough that it, no, no, <laughs> nothing's coming on the screen." So I manually shut it off, 
uh, turn it back on, and then it does the restoring previous version of Windows. Right. Spin it around. I was like, fuck. Because the last time it did that, it would freeze every time it, it got to that screen. I was like, God damn it. But it 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 got through it. It my sweet baby child, man, it pushed its <laughs> way through the the restoring from previous version of Windows screen and got to it. But nice. Uh yeah, Windows is garbage. Yeah, it straight really up. Because I've uh trying to get the streaming stuff working, it's it's been fucking a hell and a half because when when I use this this audio interface that we're using right now that takes these XLR microphones and use it with my Mac. It's Mac's just like you're good to go. Just you click two things. All right, we're 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 rocking and rolling. <laughs> with Windows, it's like uh, we don't see it. Um, could you maybe try unplugging and plugging it back in? Maybe, maybe that'll work. And I'm like, all right, what fucking? Why isn't it working? Because literally, I just go into Audition, go into Audio Hardware, drop down menu. There's the Tascam interface. Right. It's like, uh, well. Well, we just it doesn't work like that in Windows, <laughs> and then like spending eight hours like researching all this shit, and it's like, oh well, actually, like for a multi-channel interface, you need an ASIO driver, and then I'm like, all right, so I install that, still doesn't show up. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And then there's a separate drop down for ASIO in Audition yeah. where I'm looking at the MME drivers, and so I switch over to that. I'm like, all right, cool. This should be working with Caffeine, the streaming software we're using now, right? No, because Caffeine only recognizes MME drivers. Yep. And so I was like, all right, well, how do I get this to switch over? And then I talked to Nick from Instant Replay Live, our colleague. And he's like, oh, well, here's, here are these pieces of software you can download that'll convert it to, you know, your multi-channel setup to a single channel. I'm like, cool, download those. They all look like they were programmed in Windows 3.0. <laughs> Visual like, basic. What the fuck is like, going on? Like why? Like <laughs> why is this UI. why is this so difficult? Yeah, default UI from like Windows like ninety eight. Yeah. Oh my god. It's so bad. It's like the beginning part, the the bookends of this of this streaming solution all work. So audition's fine and caffeine is fine and everything from the <laughs> beginning to the end, every <laughs> node on that link does not work. Yeah. I was just like, God damn it. Yeah. That's great. It's a hard not life. But, uh, so didn't get a chance to play anything? No, I did get the uh, the Humble Bundle thing with Flint Hook. So that was, I did uh, too. I'm did pretty too. psyched about playing that. What, what else is in that? that? I don't know. That's all I cared about. I forgot. Yeah, I saw Flint Hook. I was like, ooh. Yeah. But there was like one or two other things in there that I wanted. I think Day of the Tentacle. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, yeah, I know Day of the Tentacle no, was in I think there. Grim Fandango. Yeah, I already own that. I think I did too. But like I was Tim like, Schafer, you have so much of my money for so many yeah. adventure games that I will not play. Um, yeah, I don't know what else. There's something. There was something else in there that I really wanted to try out. Uh, I don't know. Well, I think next year. Next year is going to be the year of me not buying a single new game and just tr- playing through them all, trying to get through my pile of shame that would be a great uh that would be a great series that's what i want to do that's what i want to do i'm gonna uh i'm going to get a i'm just gonna put all of the games i've never played and just put them in a bowl and i'll just have you pick one i love it just pick one for me i'll <laughs> so start I'll, you know what i'll start with uh i'll start with uh melgar solid five for you oh my god we'll do that we'll do yeah. that first i'll uh, first of the year I can't wait. We'll we'll get through that after uh, after Magfest and everything's done. I can't wait. Can't wait. So haven't been 
playing or trying to attempting to play anything else? No. No. Um, I switched IDEs twice. Yeah, I heard you talking about that on the Slack. Yeah. So what, what were we on now, Atom or VS Code? So yeah, I was using uh, Hacks Develop for everything. At work, though, I've been using Atom, and I've been really liking Atom. Mm-hmm. There have been a few times where I'm like doing some like ridiculously big JavaScript program things, and like it would not freeze, but it definitely get like a little sluggish. Just, yeah, just slow Kinda down. Like, I, I had the same issues with like Sublime. Really? And so I just thought this was just like, that's the nature of these now, I guess. How big are your scripts, Will? Because I have like 1,800 line scripts at work, and it's not crushing under under sublime um it was on my chromebook oh okay well yeah i'm surprised sublime even runs on chromebook well no so i think it was also just like shitty hacks integration into sublime okay where it was probably just like not really optimized well or something i don't know because every time like every time i would type something it would try and auto complete it and be like (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so i was really liking adam i was still so okay i was using adam and then Sam was just like, VS Code, VS Code. I like and VS I was Code. Just like, I'll check it out. Like, because I've always hated Microsoft's IDEs. Always hated Microsoft. Yeah. And so, like, they've kind of, like, I don't know, it looked a little bit prettier. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. Um, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. I um, like it. Um, yeah. I was using Sublime a lot for, for Unity. And uh, there's no, and there's like some, you, you know, Sublime Text plugins are pretty good. Like, they have a whole site dedicated to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's um, like a, a couple of autocompleters for for Unity for C sharp and a couple of other things, but um, it they never worked really well, yeah. Because basically they don't have access to like the whole the whole package to whatever your your code, right? Right. So like you can't make references. So it only autocompletes the stuff you've already typed. Yeah, that sucks. And it can't autocomplete like uh, mo- a lot of Unity stuff. So like if you make a custom class, it can't autocomplete to that or any like attributes or, or functions in that class. And so it's not it's not that great, but I just dealt with it and just told myself I just have to remember to run or type out git component dot right. <laughs> game object dot git component dot blah, 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 blah. Um, and then Sam showed me VS Code. And I was like, yeah, I, I tried VS Code once and it, and still didn't do a lot of the auto-completion stuff. And he's like, well, you need to install this plugin with your Unity uh, project, and then it just connects over. And I was like, oh. And I started typing, and it was like remembering functions and <laughs> yeah. scripts from that that I custom wrote, and it was calling them yeah. and finishing those auto-completes. I was like, oh, my God. I, I can auto-complete stuff. And Sam's like, yeah. How are you doing this before? I was like, I was just typing everything out over and over again. And he was like, ew, <laughs> oh, no. What? Yeah. So I like VS Code. Uh, I don't like the little icons on the side. I haven't spent a lot of time oh, I don't trying touch that to make shit. it like better. Yeah. Or because uh, because Unity doesn't use the most current version of .NET, every time I open up VS Code for my Unity project, it's like .NET compiling has crashed, blah, 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 blah. If you want to disable this, go into the, the settings and disable this warning. I was like, all right. And I hit the button to take me to settings to disable it. And there's settings. It's just a JSON object. Yeah, it's just like all right, edit this. Well, I was like, well, I don't know what the fucking like key name is for this setting, so <laughs> this doesn't help me. Yeah, so there are things I still really like about Adam. 
Um, but VS Code has way better autocomplete and like code hinting and stuff like that. So I think I'm going to give it a shot for a while. Um, I'm kind of bummed. Like the thing that I love the most about Atom is the Git stuff that's built into it. Uh huh. And like it's just like really easy. Like it'll show you all the different like all the changes. Yeah. All you can the additions and stuff. Throw them and like stage them for a commit. Oh, cool. And message, make the message say commit. And then there's like also like a little section where you can like push and pull really nice. easily. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I should look into that. Yeah. Cause, um, yeah, I have like get gutter installed for sublime text and it, and it does, it does the same thing. It just puts in the gutter, like if it's yeah. addition, subtraction or, or change. And, um, I like that. But the problem is my, <laughs> my workflow at work is so fucked up that it doesn't matter because I have, so we have a test server, production server, and then my local copy on my, right. on my laptop. Well, the, my repo is attached to my local copy. So when I want to make updates to my repo, I have to drag everything from production into that and it makes all the changes. And then I push to the repo from there. Um, so, but my sublime text, I'm editing my production server. So my, I mean, my test server. So my test server is where I'm making active changes and testing stuff out because I just go to the, or, you know, where it's sitting on our internet and, and test the website there. Right. But because the repo is separate from the, the test server, Git gutter doesn't do anything. And it also gets really confusing because now I'm, I have all these branches of like, all right, here's my, here's my master branch. Here's my, development branch and then here's like a feature branch or like i'm working on this 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 or that feature and then i'm like all right well where where did i make the change for this i made some change to the to the home page and where is it was it on was it on master did i already push it merge it to master is it on development still and so i'm just like dragging and dropping different pages onto different versions of the repo and then like double clicking and source tree to change to a different branch right and it gets pretty convoluted yeah. But do you use a GUI for for Git, or do you are you a CLI man? Uh, so I'm pretty much used just using this like Atom. Oh, okay. Anything. So it's it's that complete. I mean, like I don't. So like the current project I'm working on, there's no one else working on it, so I'm not like switching branches or anything. I think you can switch branches within it too, but i'm pretty, pretty much cool. just like you made a change there you go like <laughs> nothing really that complex check just pulling a switch yeah some real taylorism um development and vs code has like a nice git kind of thing going on too or source control panel yeah, it's just not as like fluid for me as adams got that git flow yeah the git flow <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I should just spend some time trying to make VS Code look prettier or something. Maybe we can hide all those dumb icons on the left. Because like I'm also like setting it up on my laptop, which is like kind of small. Right. So like screen space is like super valuable. And on like Atom, the Git stuff is just like these tiny little buttons at the bottom that I can like quickly look over, see how many changes have been made, see if I need to push some stuff. And then on like VS Code, it's just like here's all your tools. <laughs> Don't blop, you need blop, like a blop. a ninety six by ninety six icon to go into the Git stuff? It's their charms, man. It's their win- Windows ten charms. They gotta they gotta put it somewhere. It's still miles ahead than like any other Microsoft IDE I've ever used. Yeah, yeah. I don't like regular Visual Studio. Yeah, it's way too clunky. It's terrible. Just like oh. 
Oh. <laughs> um. So you've been playing no games. No games. I've been playing some games. What have you been playing? Well, let me tell you. I've been playing uh, Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah? I beat it. You beat it. It's done. I beat it before your wedding. Did you get all the moons? I No, because it's like 900 moons. What a loser. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I liked it. I liked my time with it. It's not... I see people out here throwing things around like, oh my God, it's the best. It's the best Mario ever. Or right. it's... It's the sequel to Mario 64 we've always wanted. Yeah, I've seen like 18 articles called that. And I'm like, eh, I mean, it's fine. It's better than 3D World. Yeah. It's probably as good as Galaxy. Right. It's not better than Sunshine. Oh, snap. That, that I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it's, it's weird. Um, I was talking to Joe last week going on out there i think one of your cats is strangling the other no i think it's it's a toy here hold on a sec <laughs> this is cat trouble he always has cat trouble they're just out of control somebody needs to sit down and talk with him and just be like dylan you could gotta get it at least rid of at least 13 of these cats you know you can have a maximum of 12 cats. You can't have more than... Video games and stuff. We're talking about Mario, right? Yeah. There are no cats in Mario. Cat Mario, Cat Mario was the last generation. Okay. Uh, No, he was fucking out there. I was like, came outside and when he bought him a new toy and it was like one of those little feather things that you attach to a stick. Uh-huh. But it was still like attached to the cardboard backing and he was just kicking <laughs> it around the floor. I was like, what the... And I pick it up and he's just like... Meow? Like, as a question, like, can we play some more? I'm like, no. G- give me the, give me that back. And give me that. And I, like, buried it under the, the laundry so he wouldn't <laughs> keep playing with it. We're trying to record here. Now he's just going to pee all over your laundry. <laughs> he can't. No, he's pretty well trained about that. Um, but, yeah, Mario. So, it, um, I enjoyed my time with it. It's very, it's very quick. Like, to beat Bowser, it's like uh, six to eight hours. Oh. It's it's very fast. It's way faster than any of the other main staying Mario games I played. Um, at least it feels that way. Because all you have to do is... So you go to each kingdom, right? And you collect yeah. the, the power moons. Um, yeah. Which I like. I like that they use moons. Because you know what that's from? I have no do you, idea. Do you know the moons? So um, I think it was on like... In Super Mario World, I think they first started introducing moons as three-ups. So you had a one-up mushroom, but he had a three-up moon. And so they just took that same design, moon design, and then that's, oh, okay. and that's the, the power moons in this. Um, but yeah, you go to each kingdom, and you collect a requisite number of power moons, and then that powers up your ship, the Odyssey, which is just a giant mechanical hat with a steam whistle on it somewhere. Because right. it rises up off the ground, it's like, and it flies off. And then Charles Martinet's like, Mario time! And I'm like, okay. Um... <laughs> And so you go to each one of these kingdoms, collect the moons, and you only, like, maximum it's, like, maybe, like, a dozen moons, 20 moons or something, and you go to the next one. And they're fine. They're fun. Like, it's really cool. And there's a there's a, there's a a storyline in each one. Uh-huh. So there's, like, you know, like 
Super Mario, I know you've not you've played you told me you played total of like thirty minutes of all of the three D Mario's combined. Yeah. So I know these references are gonna make any sense to you. But it's like the PD Piranha in, in Super Mario Sunshine, PD Piranha is like one of the first bosses you meet. And so I remember that. the goal is to go up and, and beat PD Piranha and then he, he reoccurs in the same world. Um so there's like a main through line through all these where it takes you you fight a mini boss, which is one of the brutals, which are these rabbit guys, which are like the Koopalings in this one. Okay. So the brutals are the wedding planners Rabbits. for Bowser's for Bowser's wedding. Yeah. Um, God, those the Mario Rabbit crossover just keeps getting more and more apparent. <laughs> uh, no, apparently the references to the rabbits, the rabbits from uh, from Mario sixty four, because there's a rabbit that runs around Peach's castle. They chase after. Never seen it. Uh, and when when you catch it, it gives you a star. Oh. Um. So these these rabbits are like, like the kings, like the rulers of of all of the the regular rabbits that hold the stars. But um, by the way, I'm I'm going to be spoiling a lot of Super Mario Odyssey because Will doesn't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> because Will's not going to play it. Um. So this is my opportunity to talk about it before Alex comes on the podcast. But uh. <laughs> So you go to each one of these, and there's a through line. And on the way to the through line, you fight a mini boss, and then you fight the regular boss of that kingdom. Um, and along the way, you get around like four or five moons. So you get a moon from the mini boss, and then the major boss, you get a th- uh, three moon. Um, so it's just a or multi moon is what they call it. So it's just a collection of three moons. That's um, like nine lives. Yeah, it's crazy. You just there's no lives. There are no lives in this game. Moons are three lives, but there are no lives in this game. Does Mario still have that dumb pie chart health? Yes. God, I, that's bullshit. No, Nintendo. I like that part. That no. sucks. No, I hated when they went back to three in 3D world when they use like regular Mario, like Super Mario, Fire Mario, and then regular Mario. Hated that. I'm okay uh-huh. with Mario uh-huh. having health. I just think that that dumb pie chart's the worst way to display health. I think he should have more health. I think the fact that because in, in Mario 64, he had like six pieces of health and now he has three. But if you find like a king heart, you it it bumps you up to six. I'm like, this is bullshit. I yes. can't like who who survives on just three pieces of health? I've always hated that pie chart. That's great. It's <laughs> a pie chart. Just a businessman pointing at Mario's health. <laughs> yeah. The um as I was saying, so you collect these boons and you progress to the kingdoms, and the kingdoms are really cool. And so there's no there's no stop gap like in Mario 64 or Mario Odyssey where or Mario Sunshine where you get a you get a moon or a star or a shine sprite and then it kicks you back out into the hub. Right. It's just grab a moon. All right, that's good. Grab another moon. Grab another moon. Grab another moon. So in the core and moons are just sitting around the map. And so you use these you you try to find like puzzles and unique ways to to jump around the course to find these hidden moons. And they're not super hidden. And some of them are puzzly like uh there's one um so one of the last kingdoms you go to is Bowser's Kingdom, which is like modeled after like kind of feudal Japan. And so it's got like a lot of Shaolin stuff and all this stuff or feudal Japan or China. Um, and one of the and there's a row of statues at, in like this kind of um, sand garden. Right. Uh-huh. And there's a spot where a statue would be, but it's missing. And there's a statue over to the side and you possess it with your cap and it turns into like the stone statue um, from like uh, Mario three, Mario three, the Tanuki suit. And then you hop over and you put it in place and then a, uh, it gives you a power moon. So it's like puzzles like that, like very Breath of the Wild-esque exploration, right. which I know you love. Um, I don't know. But uh, so you get these moons 
and you know you're exploring the, these places and it doesn't take you very long to collect as many moons that you need to to progress to the next kingdom and you can just straight up buy moons from the shop what yeah it's like a hundred coins to buy a moon what and that and i was like okay it was like this is a quest because every time you get a moon it's like da, 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 and he like jumps up in the air and it has a name for that moon you collected and there's like a silly pun associated with it right um so i bought a moon out of a shop it's like oh you got the moon and it has it says like shopping in new donk city or whatever i'm like all right so you can buy a moon and and, and that's for some reason that's one of the quests in each one of these kingdoms that you buy one of the moons no you can buy as many moons as you can afford because when you scroll over you click on it it says buy moon and it says buy buy 10 and i'm like what wait what and so there was a point where i just dropped four thousand coins and bought 40 moons to unlock the the last like hidden kingdom i was like this is great this i like this economy it's like all right you could be collecting moons or you could be collecting coins and just grab as many coins as you want and just buy a fuck ton of moons. That's really weird. I like, I don't know. It's interesting. I think, I think it's that's like in super Mario interesting. Mario 64, there's like what, like 200 stars or something or 120 or something? I think it's 120. <clears throat> yeah. No. The, and this is just like. Moons, they don't care. They'll yeah. give you moons. They'll just whatever. You wink at them really nice. They'll give you a moon. Like, okay. But moons are not sacred in this world. Uh, But so. It doesn't take you that long to get to Bowser's castle and you you fight all the brutals again and um and then you fight you go to the moon. You go to the moon and you fight Bowser on the moon. There's a chapel on the moon and then you fight him and then you fall down into like uh the center of the moon and do this. Like the whole end sequence for Wait, is the moon hollow? No, I think people have been excavating the moon. Okay. Because I think that's where you get the power moons from is from the moon. Power moons are made of cheese. Okay. <laughs> but so you... And the, and the end sequence is really cool because you fight Bowser. And every time you fight Bowser... So there's a big hat motif in this game, right? Because you have a hat and all the enemies have hats. So if an enemy has a hat, it either means you can't possess them or you have to hit them twice with your hat to to possess them. Because you okay. hit them once and it knocks their hat off and you hit them again. So you'll get like bullet bills shot at you with like poker visors on. And in the seaside kingdom, there's uh, Goombas running around with pirate hats. And stuff like that. So it's, it's quirky like that. And then Bowser has a hat. And it's this giant top hat that he throws at you during the two fights that you have with him. And boxing gloves come out of the side. And they try to hit you. But so what you do is you disable his hat. And then you put it on. And the hat's like as big as Mario. So it's basically just like uh, Karibo's shoe from Mario right. 3. But a hat. Because it's just Mario wearing the hat. But all you can see is his feet. So it's just his feet running around with this giant top hat on. Can you throw your hat on another hat? No, there's no hat possession. No hat on hat possession. No hat on hat action. Uh, but you put on his hat and you run up to him and then you you punch him. And so it's just this boxing match of you punching Bowser and you do that three times because that's what you always do in a Mario game. Um, and then there's a part where after fighting him the final time, you guys like fall down a chasm, you, Peach, and him. Uh, and he's unconscious and like the structure... And part of the moon is like collapsing. So you possess Bowser and you do this whole sequence of running through and like breaking apart rocks and doing all this platforming stuff as Bowser. And then there's like a 2D section. So you, and, and Peach is on your shoulder. So you are carrying Peach and then you jump into a, a like a voxel looking pipe, which lets you denotes a, a 2D section. Uh-huh. And you come out the other side as 
Super Mario Brothers 1 Bowser with the Super Mario Brothers 1 Peach on top of his shoulders. And he's just running around and you're shooting fireballs to like destroy blocks and you're running around. It's kind of a challenging section. Like it took me a couple times to get it. Um, it's pretty neat. But I really like that. So after you beat the game proper, uh, there's you unlock two more kingdoms. Um, well, you unlock one kingdom with the potential to unlock another at 250 moons. And then there's some other unlock at 500 moons. Right. Mm-hmm. And at this point I had like, 210 so that's when i went and bought 40 Whoa. 40 moons I just went to the shopkeep be like give me fucking 40 moons right now uh then just dumped them in but so after you beat bowser you unlock the mushroom kingdom and so you go to the mushroom kingdom and it's literally just peach's castle modeled after the 64 version of peach's castle uh-huh. it's like but you go inside and it starts playing the dun, 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 dun. and there are paintings that you jump into and the paintings are rematches with all the bosses throughout the game Uh, so you jump in through the painting and then you fight each boss again and then you get a power moon from it and then there are all these other separate power moons and so the Mushroom Kingdom level is just references to Mario 64 right? because there's a part where you get on top of Peach's tassel and Yoshi's up there like he was in Mario 64 that didn't do anything. But in this one, you possess Yoshi, and then there are moons that you get by only being Yoshi. So you like run around and eat fruit, and when you eat a, a certain amount of fruit, you get a power moon. Hmm. It's it's nuts. And this is the part... So me not having owned N64, or like having played Mario 64 all the way through to completion, playing this part didn't really do much for me. Yeah. I didn't dislike it, but I was just like... Oh, this is the part where people are freaking out about all the Mario 64 references because this is just an HD Mario 64 level with a really ugly grass texture. <laughs> it's so ugly. Really? Did you ever play Sims 1? Yeah. Remember when you get like the plate of spaghetti out of the fridge in Sims 1 and it just look like a pile of straw with like some sauce on top of it? Dylan Alvento, my favorite Italian-American. <laughs> Did you just say it look like a <laughs> It look like a, a plate of spaghetti. No, I don't remember that. But okay, so basically, the, the, <laughs> just all right, delete all the doors. All <laughs> yeah. right, all right, bring up the console, Rosebud. I right, got a million dollars. <laughs> um, but no, but like the the plate, the the spaghetti texture in Sims One just looked like a pile of hay. They just take that and color it green, and that's oh, nice. the grass texture. Cool. It looks really bad, and it's really like it's like bright highlighter fluorescent green. It's really ugly. <laughs> I was like, come on, guys, really? Like, the rest of this game looks so good. Yeah. Did you play the Dark Souls level? I did. Because, so, what happens is sometimes when you're flying on your ship, you catch up to Bowser. Um, There are two times when Bowser uh, intercepts your ship because he's on his airship. And one time you end up in, uh, like, this kind of, like, prehistoric tropical island kingdom. Uh, and then there's this big vulture that kidnaps Cappy, your hat. And uh-huh. You have to go save him. So you have to like complete part of the level without being able to do the possession mechanic. Right. So it's just platforming. And then the second time you uh, intercept him, he shoots you down and you land in some stupid pun. It's like, it's like Darkington or something. Like it's a, Crumbleton. Crumbleton. Crumbleton is what I don't it know is. why I know that. Um but and so you fight a dragon. Actually the dragon is what he sends after you. 
So there's just a scene with Bowser sitting on top of the head of like a, a, a Dark Souls looking dragon. So it's this cartoon Koopa man on top <laughs> of a giant ass dragon who is like 500 times the size of Bowser. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it's like the thing with the dinosaur. Like Joe last week was complaining about how like there's a realistic looking T-Rex. Yeah. And same game as Yoshi's in. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever. It doesn't bother me. I mean, me. same thing happened in Super Mario Brothers, the movie. I know it's crazy, and and that and is, that was great, and, and that's the yeah. art design we should be following to a T. That's what I, I want to, because it's like a dystopian. It's like Blade Runner, but Mario. That's <laughs> cool. what it is. That's what it is. That's what that movie is. That's why it was so good. Yeah, like with the part where they get into the cop car, and the cop car is like on a tram wire, but also oh, like yeah, it has like a Tesla screen inside of it, but the loading Dang. screen for the Tesla is like the question block. But like holy shit, so cool. If you skip cutscenes in Super Mario Odyssey, the loading screen is just an 8-bit uh, version of a ship flying across the screen as a loading bar. So it's like flying across the screen and then trailing a, a red line be- behind it as a loading bar. But yeah, I mean, overall, like I like the game. It's just, it's not Super Mario Sunshine. It looks super like disjointed and like not cohesive, but I think it... When I first saw that, I was like, this is like really weird. Like a lot of people are like, why these humans look real? <laughs> Why real humans? But I was telling Joe last week, they're real humans, but they talk simlish, but like a really deep like, <laughs> it's like, come on. Oh, like I don't care. If, like don't have them speak real voice acting, but like, did it have to be like this? <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. It looks like it's fun. No, I like it. And I, and I agree about the disjointed part because um, like the 2d parts, feel super disjointed yeah because you like you go into this this like i said a voxel looking warp pipe and then you come out the other end and it's a 2d section and it's cool like it's fun and they have like a power moon sprite modeled uh modeled quote unquote like a, a power moon sprite uh in the super mario brothers one art style and that's cool and then they all of his costumes that you can wear they have 8-bit versions of those when you right. go in so it's like him and his 80 aviator outfit and him and his waluigi outfit wait what Oh, okay. So, one of the best parts. So, you get these outfits as you go on, right? Yeah. Um, and after you beat Bowser, you can get outfits at certain Power Moon level unlocks. Okay. So, it's like every power, every 20 Power Moons, it like gives you a new outfit to buy in the store. When you beat Bowser, it gives you um, classic throwback uh, Mario, which is instead of him having a red shirt with blue, like bright primary blue overalls, it's a blue, a like light blue undershirt with like tomato red overalls as a reference to like Mario Brothers, like the arcade game or Donkey Kong. Okay. Where he had red overalls to designate that he was, he, because, you know, he was, how big was the sprite? It was like 10 by right. 10. Um, and I use that primarily because it looks good. <laughs> a lot of the outfits don't look good. So one of the other things you unlock when you beat Bowser is you get his 64 model. As an outfit, so it just turns him into sixty-four Mar- uh, Mario, sixty-four Mario, like low poly Mario. That's great. With like really shitty eye textures that like look like they blink and in- wink independent <laughs> of one another. <laughs> like it's really creepy when you look at the Mario model from sixty-four. I'm into it. Um, and then you also unlock uh, Luigi's outfit, Wario's outfit, and Waluigi's outfit. Um, not in that order. So you get Luigi's outfit first. Waluigi and then Wario. I 
bought the Luigi one thinking I'd be super excited because Luigi is my preferred Mario brother. Uh-huh. And I'm really upset that Luigi's not in Mario Odyssey. And then I put it on Mario. I'm like, this looks wrong. This, no, you're not tall enough to be wearing. You cannot wear the blue and green. Does he, does he wiggle his feet when he jumps? At no, least? no, it this doesn't do anything. He's just, just like, ha ha, I killed my brother and put on his clothes. And I'm like, no, I don't want this. But he does look sharp in the Waluigi outfit. Yeah. The purple looks good with Mario's nice. dimensions. They didn't give him the pointy shoes, though. They changed the shoe color. like It's like that br- that bright orange Waluigi shoe color, but they're not pointy. Going back to your point about Italian stereotypes in this game. Uh-huh. All right, number one, first, second, I get the New Donk City. So you get the New Donk City in the Metro Kingdom, and there's a power outage because Bowser's unleashed like this robot centipede that's like draining all the power from the city. Okay. And it's like at night, and it's storming and stuff. And it's a pretty cool, pretty cool, you know, setup for for the boss battle. I walk by one of the New Donk City residents. You know, this guy in this three-piece suit and this trilby looks like a gangster from the 20s. And he uh-huh. goes, you want me to go over there? Forget about it. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, Nintendo? What the hell are you doing? And so uh. I'm like, whatever. But so there's a part because, you know, there's like dialogue options for Mario. So he, does, he, he doesn't speak them. It's just like, uh-huh. you know, a yes or no. But instead of it just saying yes or no, it's just, you know, he there's a, a small line. So like when you're in the shop, it's like, you buy a, a item of clothing and said, put it on now or maybe later, dot, dot, dot. Apparently, there's a dialogue line where someone asks him if he's ready to do this race or do this uh, competition or something. And he goes, the options are, let's go or actually, let's await. <laughs> and I'm actually, I'm a big that's fan pretty, of that. That's pretty so, good. So, like the game, like, like I said, I like the game overall. It's just, I've, I realized it was really weird Super Mario Sunshine being my Mario because when I got to Mario Galaxy uh, and it's just free-floating objects in space that you're hopping on, just yeah. free-floating polygons, I'm like, I don't like this. Like, where's the ocean? Where's the the unlimited landscape that gives me this impression that this is a real-world thing floating somewhere? And then in Mario Odyssey has the same problem where it's just all of these worlds just floating in space and there's no like groundedness to them i'm like i don't like this and then i start going back and looking at playthroughs of like mario 64 and that's what mario 64 is yeah you know you go into the painting and there's you know you fight the very first world you go into where you fight the king bomb and it's just there's it's just a bunch of just regular grassy areas floating in space i'm like wow playing super mario sunshine first was like either it was both the greatest like introduction to 3d mario and also like set all of the wrong expectations for me because they never well, met, it's like met the, those again it's like the difference between the undead berg and uh the the painting of arianas yeah Duh. what it's just like dark souls oh okay i that's is that game that's not real. It's a it's a little thing. I, <laughs> it's like an indie thing. It's not, I've been playing. It's not a big deal. Um, I mean, you can't play any more Dark Souls now. You're married. That's not true. <laughs> just crack open. Just put it on a laptop. Crack it open at work. Is that true, babe? <laughs> Julie, Julie. Yeah. So that's so that's all I've been playing. Was so I'm, I'll go back in and get some more moons and whatever. It's it's fun. But my most of my my Mario time. My Mario time 
it's, it's pretty much at its at its end. <laughs> uh, but it's good. I liked it. Cool. Um, I also uh, played this one game. Bringing out the show notes. How's, how's stalling. Disney Crossing Road? No, I didn't. No, I I haven't touched the Disney Crossing Road in a while. Um, even though I sh- I should probably I should probably get back. I got a notification as we were setting up. It's like you should come back. I'm like I should. You know what, <laughs> hipster whale? You're right. I should come back and play more Disney Crossing Road. Uh, I play this board game called Code Names. Okay. Uh, have you heard of this? No. Um, it's like a. I don't know. It's it's like it's like a a, a mind teaser kind of game mixed with like a cooperative game. So basically, how it works is, um, you there's a grid. So these cards that look like almost like a battleship grid, right? Okay. So, so it's like five by five. Yeah. Um, squares, and there are color codes for them. So a square is either yellow, red, or blue, or black. And so the two teams are are red and blue, and then yellow is just um just bystanders right and so it has this kind of like this soviet era spy great game mm-hmm. connotation to it but so how the game is played is that uh one person sits on one side and has access to the card for both teams so it's two people on one side one for each team and then two or more people on the other side uh with at least one person per team and what you want to do is that there are a bunch of cards on the table in the same layout as the as the grid card and whatever team color you're on, you want the other person to pick the words that are designated your color on the grid given to you by the card. So you can only see the the color grid and they can't. So you're trying to tell them to pick these these words. So how you do that is that you say words that are associated with the words on the on the on the grid that are laid out on the table. But the catch is they're all like like adult words so it's like cock vagina or and some of them are and some of them aren't so it's like leg uh hooters it stuff like that (laughs) so you want to say stuff like you know say you're blue team and there are two blue squares there's a blue square where hooters is and there's a blue square where cock is and you say like animal it's like okay well cock is like a chicken so that's an animal and and hooters and that's the thing that tripped up someone i was playing with mason and his roommates and 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 Wendy, and he said, "Animals," and his girlfriend's like, "What the fuck? Do you, but there's only one." And you said, "Because you give them a number, so you say like animals two." It's like, "All right, there are two cards on here, but if they can't figure out one of them, then they're like, uh, I don't understand." Um, so so the game is basically you trying to give hints without saying the word that's actually on the on the on the board, right? And you give them associative words of multiple words that are on the board, um. So if they pick their team's color, they get, they basically cover it with their team's color, and they got that one. If you if they if they pick one that's the other team's color, then they cover it with the other team's color. If they pick one that's yellow, which is like a bystander, then no one gets a point, but it still gets covered with like the yellow cards. Right. If they pick the black one, the black one's the eight ball. So if they pick that one before they've done all their other colors, they lose automatically. But if they have already covered the rest of the map of their colors already, then their goal is to find the eight ball and then you win. Um, so it's really cool. Um, I really like it. It's, 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 a, it's a cool mind teaser being like, okay, uh, I need to find a word that's only associated with these two things, but not this other thing because this other thing. So like my mistake, I said chicken only looking at cock. 
but there was leg and like food on the table and i was like god damn it so it's it's, it's really interesting That's um cool. yeah i liked it it was cool i don't play a lot of board games but they're always fun when i do i don't like board games that much really yeah but don't go to bars i know right because <laughs> all i got is board games and pinball and no one likes pinball hey have you seen any good movies lately what Hey, have you seen any good movies lately? No. Oh, okay. Was that was that a lead into a joke or a lead lead into a topic of discussion? So I saw. Um, We're we talking about Blade, Blade Runner? Runner. Yeah. Are, are you a fan of Blade Runner? I saw so uh, when Netflix first came to Xbox 360. I downloaded Netflix and I got like that 15 day, 30 day free trial, right? Uh-huh. And I think the only things I watched. So you started Blade Runner, but you couldn't finish <laughs> just, it. I couldn't in the finish it in the, in the third day because it was the director's cut. Yeah, I was like, God damn! How long is this? This like <laughs> an eight-part miniseries. No, I uh, I watched primarily two things that I, I remember watching, uh, like two seasons of The Office, mm-hmm. and then Blade Runner. And this was before the director's cut came out. So this is like the final cut. Wait, no, is the final cut the newest one? I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this was the director's cut. Right. Um, I can't tell you anything from that. I Harrison Ford's in it. It's dystopian true. L.A. That's he true. says the N word at one time. Oh man, I don't remember that. It's really. It's like whoa. Uh, Harrison Ford does. Yeah, in his his voiceover because there's a voiceover in the director's cut. Uh, in the director's cut. Um, because it's supposed to be all neo noir or whatever. Yeah. There's a robotic owl. Yep. He drives away at the end. He might be a replicant, and that's the big debate. But so I can't tell you anything about Blade Runner except I like the aesthetic of Blade Runner. Oh yeah, I think I think Blade Runner is got the coolest mood and tone and look of any video uh, video game of any. (laughs) Might as well be dystopian film. It might as well be a video game. Hopefully, cyberpunk. Well, it's kind of where like cyber punk got all their shit from you right. know that and like alien the first alien yeah it's like okay it's gonna be a bunch of crts with like scan lines and f- green phosphorus glow yeah so are you a big fan believer i'm not a huge fan but i enjoyed it yeah um and i really like the new one thought it was pretty great is that all you have uh well so time back do you recall when i said piracy would make its way back into this cast well, yeah is this is this yeah, is you cashing the, in on that this reference? Is that tie-in. Okay. Yeah. So um Julie and I were leaving to go watch it. We like went to Westchester Commons, which is like 40 minutes away from her house. It's like in Southside. Like you've never been there. You'll never go there. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so great place. Um, but so we were leaving our neighborhood and uh I'm pretty sure I just blew through a stop sign, like just like we gotta get to this movie. hundred percent, yeah. And uh, ain't so, stopping for nothing. So I got pulled over by a cop, and the cop was just like, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" And I was like, "Cause you wanted to see Blade Runner too." Yeah, I was <laughs> like, "I guess I went through a stop sign." And he's like, "Yeah, you kind of rolled through one." At which point, I was kind of like, "Yeah, we'll go with that story." <laughs> that I just <laughs> did a little California stop, just like tucking like your smuggled <laughs> drugs under your car seat. Like, all right, yeah, stop sign. And he was just like, "Yeah, so uh, what do you, what do you?" What are you doing? <laughs> like trying to go to the movie. <laughs> so what? What's the hurry? What are, you, what are you guys doing tonight? 
<laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, I was like, we're just going to see a movie. He's like, what movie? And we're like, Blade Runner. And he's like, oh, yeah, I heard it's uh, good. And I was like, yeah, uh, you need to get a, you got that movie pass? And he's like, what's that? Oh, no. And so I told him what movie pass is for anyone that's not aware of it. It's like you the subscription nine dollars a month plus all of your personal data. And you can go see the movies. <laughs> Plus your all firstborn. Yeah. And now you don't have to fucking buy concessions. Yeah. But um, so he was like, oh no, I got all my movies on a fire stick. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a, like, I got a buddy who's got a Plex server. We pulled away and we were like, he like bragged about pirating movies, but also a fire stick is just Amazon. Like, does this guy just have Amazon Prime, but he thinks he's like pirating movies? And Julie like looks at you, like, should we tell him that it's that's not that big of a deal? And you're like, shh, should go narc out the cop, yeah, find out what precinct he works at. Like this, this guy called the feds on this guy. This guy stealing movies (laughs) from Amazon. I know from big Amazon. He probably thinks like Amazon is some weird Chinese company that steals movies. So they call Amazon. They like in the in in the in Brazil. They like yeah. in the rainforest. They like smuggling these movies. Down, rainforest over there in Asia somewhere. <laughs> what Asian rainforest? That's <laughs> what we think of. <laughs> Suburban Richmond. Yeah, but uh, no, Blade Runner was pretty great. I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of um, interesting conversation along with the film. Uh, I think you, I think you should see it. I want to. Is it still in theaters? I think for a little bit. Okay. I don't know. Last week it was like one showing at Bowtie <sighs> on the weekend. Okay. And I was like, oh no. That's cutting it close. But I went the other day and I think they're still happening. So I think it was probably it was probably just like a big weekend for like Thor or something coming out. Yeah. No, Thor's today or yesterday. Oh no. Oh. But yeah. Uh, I, um, all right, I'm going to ask you a question. Should I rewatch Blade Runner, the first Blade Runner? before watching this it sounds like you're pretty like so what's because this was cool. my hang up my hang up was i kept wanting to go see it and i was like but i gotta watch the first one first yeah so like the first one the sec, the second one is like the story is very it is very it's like adjacent to the first story there's a lot of stuff if you know that deckard was in the first movie and that he had his replicant girlfriend that was Kind of rapey. That was the weirdest part of that movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you know, know that the, those the two, racial slur for me know, was pretty bad. You know about those two things. Uh-huh. Uh, then that's all you really need to know. Because this movie, from what I heard, doesn't even address like the question that the end of Blade Runner 1 leaves you with, which is, is he a replicant or not? Like They just sidestep that. They don't, they don't address it, but it's answered. Oh, oh. Like, they're never like, by the way, did you know? Did you know? They're just like... I'm a robot man. It's just kind of like in there that like, yeah, obviously it's this. Okay, cool. Oh, I want to see it. I missed Dunkirk when it was in theaters, and I also really Me wanted too. to see that. Also missed Arrival. Me too. Too many movies. There are too many games. Let's do a Ward movie cast. Ward movie cast. We've been watching, Will? All of them. Let me tell you what I've been watching. Halt and Catch Fire. All right, Mackenzie Davis is in the new Blade Runner. Oh, really? I didn't know she was. Is in she it. like she's... Robin White's Wright's like daughter or something? Because I feel like that would work. Yeah, no, Wait. she's not. Oh, but that would work. That would work. Get Especially on that Hollywood with, with Robin Wright's slick back hair. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, so I... Uh, I f- oh, I finished Mindhunter, the new David Fincher joint I wanna watch that. on Netflix. It's pretty good. Um, it's obviously setting up for a second season, but and it's not like... There's no like, ooh, ah, like, oh, crazy excitement. Like, oh my God, look at this one scene. It's such a crazy exchange, and it's just like riveting. It's very slow burn. Like the entire season is a slow burn, huh. um, which I like. It's just very... You know, David Finchery. It's David Finchery, slow paced, methodical. But David Finch, David Finch also like trades on like big turns. Yeah. Whether it's Gone Girl or Social Network, or I mean, Social Network less so, but Social Network's much more about like the spectacle right. of being a genius. This is like the the slow paced genius or the slow because about interviewing. Basically, it's about behavior science in criminal investigation and how it took off. And they start out by like interviewing serial killers before serial killers is even a term. Like they invent the term serial killers throughout the course of the first season of the show. But and then on on the side, they're like helping local cops solve crimes with the new methodology that they're creating. It's really cool. I really like it. Um, But I finished that and I was like, well, what am I going to watch now? I'm like looking at my Netflix list. Like, well, Sam and Will keep in moment keep freaking out about Halt and Catch Fire. Maybe it's time I finally get through that first scene where he runs over the armadillo <laughs> all right and so i just skipped the first like i mean i saw like the end of the first scene where he's like looks at his car because he hit the armadillo and fucking that thing just fucking takes off like a rocket i was like oh no yeah oh no this is ev- this is this is so much of my shit in yeah. one thing it's fucking it's not even like early computing because it's like early 80s. So it's like, right. you know, dawn of the Macintosh era computing and IBM compatibles. And they're talking about coding in hard C and they're talking about microprocessors and Texas Instruments was still a fucking competitor in the microprocessing <laughs> game. And, and oh my God. And then you got this slick business guy who's like a, what I, it's just so much like the business guy who like, a, who's kind of Steve Jobs esque esque but like not too much but he still believes in like the creativity and and business you know aspects of computing and it's it's crazy it's just that first season just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and i'm like i can't stop i just can't like i wanted to edit all these podcasts this week i was like no i just gotta i gotta get through this first season until goodness it's ridiculous um and i like how much takes the tropes that you know about like the computing era and like right. makes it its own. So like the business guy, uh, Joe, like Joe is supposed to be kind of like this riff on Steve jobs, but he's not because Steve jobs was, you know, this California based kind of hippier guy who's into like Zen Buddhism and all this stuff and would like freak out at the drop of a hat where Joe McMillan is this slick New York business guy who came from, ibm and he he left ibm because ibm screwed him and well things about ibm screwed him and so he wants to go out and make it on his own but he has some of the jobsian-esque like persona yeah and gordon who's the hardware guy and it's it's all super fascinating and so i finished that and i got to the second season and i was like oh kind of lost me what what's the big thing in the second season i can't uh, remember mutiny the which is uh Cameron's oh man internet. see that was all about mutiny no so but the, the start of it because Halt and Catch Fire season one has such a strong and sure through line of what they want to accomplish right it's like we want to make a computer we want to make an IBM compatible 
computer that's competitive in the landscape. Right. And it's all about that, like to its just detriment where it's like, we're going to take this company and we're going to fuck this company over and turn it into an I, a PC manufacturer. And we're going to do all this stuff. And it, it is show and everyone is just sacrificing so much of their soul to get there is that when it gets to the next part, everyone is a drifter because they right. accomplish what they set out to do. And they're just like, I don't what, what's next. Right. And it left me like that watching the show being like, well, what's next? Like, like you guys were so, there was so much passion through the first season that I don't know how to feel about like this kind of driftlessness of the second. And I don't think it's bad. Like I, yeah. I, I really enjoy it. It's just like really weird. So, I'm pretty sure my brain is broken in terms of like understanding like the proper history of technology because I grew up, you know, I was born in 1991 at four years old. So this would be 1995. I got my first console, which was a a Nintendo. Right. So as a four year old, I said, this is the current generation (laughs) of graphics. I know. I have kind of the same memories. And then a year or two later, my cousins came over with a PlayStation. They showed me Crash Bandicoot. And I was right. like, holy what? shit. We went from an NES 8-bit to these fucking low-poly. Completely realistic. Like, yeah. Look, look at this Bandicoot. Couldn't be any more realistic. And so my brain is kind of broken in terms of like understanding like the speed at which things progressed. Right. So watching Holton Catchfire Season 2 where it's about, it's 1985 and these people are selling they are this big not not they're not an internet service provider but they're providing a service on phone lines where you right. can play online games in 1985 and they can play like tank battle and chess and backgammon and stuff and i'm watching this and i'm like that's not fucking possible <laughs> what what they couldn't on commodore 64s but i mean i'm sure given how much like in-depth research it looks like they put into like the first season yeah more than confident that like this is as realistic as it gets it's just to me being like right but i was still using dial-up in like 98 99 like this can't be no what like 15 years earlier and they were still having these problems i don't believe it (laughs) i don't believe it yeah i feel like they were just smashing rocks together in the 80s it would be interesting to study like anachronisms in that show yes Oh, yeah, because they play Psycho Killer at one point in 83, and I'm like, <laughs> that's not the right. No, no, it wasn't Psycho Killer. They were playing something else because they play Psycho Killer also in Mindhunter, uh-huh. uh, which makes sense because Mindhunter takes place in 77. And I was like, okay, so this is this took place before 77. They play a different song. Oh, they play a Violent Femme song. They play like Blister in the Sun. And I'm like, that's not oh, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. right. Like, Violent Femmes is like a 90s band. And I looked it up, and I was like, Oh, holy shit. No, this album came out in like 82, 83. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had the exact same reaction. Absolutely. Like went to Wikipedia and everything. I don't know. It's super, I have like no concept of time. Like do you, because yeah. what year were you born? 84. Right. So do you understand like 70s particularly well? Like in terms of like where technology was at or what like. I don't understand the 80s, 90s, 2000s or 2010s that well. <laughs> Okay. Curtis. You know Curtis. Yeah, I know the Curtis. Legendary Curtis. The legendary Curtis. Uh he he knows every year uh, everything that's ever happened. Really? He has like crazy weird recall of like he'd be like, When did this album come out? And he'd be like, uh ninety two. 
or like uh, 97. Hmm. I could do that with maybe specific bands or like get pretty close. Yeah. But like I even could be like, what year did Santa Claus come out? And like, he'd just know it off the top of his head. Interesting. The Santa Claus. The, oh, the movie. Yeah. Tim, Tim Allen's, Allen's The Santa, the Santa Claus. Claus. <laughs> Tim Allen's The Last Santa Claus Standing. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, I'm also having that issue with, uh, I'm watching that Vietnam War documentary series. Oh, yeah. The PBS one on uh, the Ken Burns one. And the documentary takes place from like, starts in like 55 and ends in like 73, right? Dang. Because that's how, basically how long we were in Vietnam for in, in some capacity was we, like the presidents that we had while we were in Vietnam were Eisenhower, JFK, uh, Johnson, Nixon. That's so crazy to think about. Yeah. But they're doing this whole, this whole thing, you know, because it primarily takes place in like the sixties. Like that's where a large swath of, of the documentary series is in is from like, you know, cause that's where all the cool music that you can use in cool, which Vietnam is exactly, which is exactly what from. they did. Like they're playing like, you know, fucking Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth. Or they're playing like, I don't all know along the watchtower classic. No, no, they didn't, footage. I, don't, I don't think they played all along the watchtower. Ken Burns, get it together, man. Uh, well, I think he wanted to, I mean, if I were making a Vietnam era <laughs> thing, I wouldn't want to use all along the watchtower. That's what's cool about mafia three is that they use all along the watchtower, but they also use like, half a dozen Creens Clearwater revival songs. Uh-huh. So it's not just like it's like no we're going to play fucking uh uh run through the jungle or something. Yeah. It's like some not like let's just use the most stereotypical song. But anyways, so and they play like a one or two Beatles songs, which of course because, you know, 60s. But they play the Beatles songs and I think it was with the Beatles songs that specifically like kind of flipped a switch in my head where I was just like, wow, this all was happening while the Beatles were making music. Yeah. Like so much other stuff. And like, you know, the Beatles, you know, the Beatles aren't Bob Dylan. Like they weren't making protest songs. Right. Like the world was still going on while all of these American soldiers, all these teenagers were dying in Vietnam. Yep. It was like the weirdest thing to me is like literally like they're like they interview guys that were in, that were prisoners of war for like four years. Like obviously John McCain, John McCain comes up in it. Um, but there are other prisoners of war. There were prisoners of war for five years. Could you imagine like being a prisoner of war, like going to prison and, and like 65 and then coming out in 1970 and be like, all right, what I missed. Oh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Basically like the entire United States, like shifted its mindset on how it viewed the war. And then kind of like, the, like free love happened and then ended. Yeah, like very rapidly. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just weird. It's just it's it's almost impossible to like have the entire scope of, especially in a historical context of all of that. You know, it really helps with that playing Metal Gear Solid games. No, I disagree. <laughs> no, that'll really give you like a firm understanding of exactly how history happened. No, no, I don't want to talk about war economies. Because that's all it is. It's just war economies and AIs and philosophers, philosophers treasure, philosophers. What's it called? I don't remember. Whatever. Yeah, because it's not worth remembering. Anyways, <laughs> video games. Well, how about we talk about some news? 
Ooh, news. You ready? Yeah. All right. Uh, Will, did you ever use NeoGAF? No. Okay. Well, NeoGAF shut down. Good for well, them. Well, no, it didn't shut down. It shut down temporarily. Okay. Did you hear about Are this? Are they back up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, the guy who runs NeoGAF is, uh, was, um, apparently was sexually harassing uh, people. This woman wrote a private Facebook message or private hashtag Facebook. me too. Yeah, part of the hashtag me too thing, which is all these people coming out of talking about the ways they've been sexually assaulted or sexually harassed by people, which holy shit, that hashtag and yeah. holy shit, everything that's come out about that, like yeah. the, Ke- the Kevin's Sp- obviously the Harvey Weinstein stuff, but Kevin Spacey, right? Just oh, fucking just who else? Like there's wasn't there like one or two like major ones where you're like, oh, it really doesn't surprise me because like you just like come to expect that like if you're a rich powerful white dude something snaps in your brain you've been conditioned yeah to like this is okay behavior but so this woman wrote this story about how she was on this trip with the guy that runs NeoGAF uh, who goes by evil lore uh, already red flag <laughs> sirens going off in the head but he um and i won't go into it because there was actually a really good point someone made on twitter um because petra klepik kind of was able to get the first uh interview with both both the woman who uh wrote the facebook post and also evil lore after all this shit went down right and this person on twitter was taking the article to task saying that like this is a little too explicit like why am i learning so much about this woman's personal life right in the yeah. course of learning about how shitty this person is how come the victim is still being the one that's being the most exposed here and not the person that perpetrated this this terrible act right um but basically she was sexually harassed in a way that she really didn't like and she didn't tell anyone about it and she was still trying not to tell anyone about it. she was just making a facebook post to her friends Someone took a screenshot of it, put it on Twitter, uh, and that's how this whole thing blew up. But basically what happened is that all the moderators left NeoGAF and uh, have since founded their own forum called Reset Era, which is like basically NeoGAF, but without evil lore attached. It's a cooler name, too. It is. It's pretty cool. And I like the logo. I like the colors. It's a nice purple. Looks good. Um, and basically NeoGAF is kind of like the shell of what it once was. Um, people are making kind of like these suicide threads of like, hey, I think what Evil Lord did is shitty. He's a gross person. He's detestable. I can't believe he did this. Ban me. And then they get banned. So it's kind of like they're, they're public. Like, I am uh, disassociating myself from this and doing all of that. Weird. Um, but it's been a while since it happened. It, was, it happened like one or two weeks ago, but I, I just wanted to lightly touch on it because I think that it's just shit. More of this stuff is going to come out. Associate associated with games and associated with games more of this stuff is going to happen because because there are plenty of women of people that have been harassed by by other people people in power and yeah. all this stuff should come to light and hopefully it comes to light and these people are punished for what they've done wrong like we've seen with harvey weinstein like we've seen with evil Laura, like we've seen with kevin spacey like losing the netflix uh deal right um and just more and more of this stuff needs to happen. I think it's the only way we can kind of progress as a society. Hopefully, though, like having 
those conversations now. Uh, I mean, like for instance, like the the Cosby thing was like, like when Hannibal Burris was like making jokes about it. It was basically yeah. like he was just like, "Oh, y'all didn't know about this, right?" Which was <laughs> it was like already kind of well known, yeah. And like other comics have talked about it, right, right. But and it's just like for some reason when he did it, there was like it kind of a viral trend now, which is terrible for the people that did suffer it. Bill Cosby's hands because like we've been telling people forever, right? And why don't you believe us? Is it because we're women? Yeah. Is it? I think yeah. The Bill Cosby thing was probably like the first thing that kind of kicked this this new reignite of like victims not staying silent and and wanting to come out and say like, hey, this this is this person hurt me, right? Um. But yeah, but I, I bring up NeoGaf because you know I never I never used NeoGaf. I went on NeoGaf once or twice. I think <laughs> one of the two times I went on NeoGaf was a, to read more about the Nick Robinson shit when that all went down. Uh, but I've heard NeoGaf I've heard in the past has been a place for like getting new scoops on things that are happening or like people anonymously dropping tips. A yeah. lot of people in the press and game developers and large studios would go there to kind of talk and with a a certain amount of anonymity. Um, and it became kind of like a respected, a respectable area uh, in games, you know, as big as forums can be nowadays and web 3.0 or wherever we are. It was, um, I don't know. It was, it was kind of a, um, a cornerstone of games in a lot of way. I would hear people reference gaff all the time. I would hear people in press reference gaff. Um, yeah. And I'm hopefully reset era can also be that what it can be for people in that way, but also not have the shitty, uh, you know, sexual harassment, some gross dude at the helm of it. So hopefully that goes well. Hopefully. Hopefully. And we brought in, um, venture capital, Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey <laughs> has been offering to put some money into this. Uh, yeah. Um, connect's dead. Will. What do you, what are you talking about? The ding dong. The connect is dead. The connect, the Microsoft connect. Yeah. Is, uh, they've stopped making it. It's officially dead. You mean they haven't already stopped? Like, well, they were probably like, Phil Spencer was probably like, okay, we're going to go from however X many units to like a hundredth of that. We'll make like a connect camera a day. Okay. Because there's probably at least one person every day that would like yeah. one. But now they're just shutting the whole thing down. Okay. Which which makes sense. Because like, you know, they haven't been supporting it forever and there have been no games on the Has on there the- ever been like a connect success story? Besides Milo's story. <laughs> exactly. Um You know, bef- when Microsoft had Rare working on all that shitty Connect stuff, I think people kind of looked on that positively because Rare gave their rare flair to it. <laughs> the um, I'm trying to think. I think the 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 double fine stuff was well received. That double fine Sesame Street thing. Uh, Once upon a monster. I think that was well received. Uh, I don't know how Harmonix's Fantasia thing went. I felt like someone people were liking that. Um, no crazy breakout success. There was that uh, indie game Fru, 
which was basically my game peak, but with Connect. Ah. In it, you remember that? Nope. Oh, it was basically so it was a platformer, and uh, and there was there are two worlds. Oh God, I clicked on something. Uh, there were two worlds. Uh, a green world and a red world. Tell me if you heard this before. Okay. Uh, and so one person just had regular platforming controls with a controller, and then the other person would pose to make platforms appear and disappear. So it'd be like, oh, there's a pit. I got to cross the pit. And then the guy in front of the Kinect camera would be like, all right, I'm going to make my body into a bridge and so that you can walk across it. That's interesting, I guess. Yeah, so that's basically peak, but put a Kinect in there. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there were any crazy, like, killer apps where it's like, you need to get a Kinect to play this game. Right. And I think they were just struggling with that for a long time. I mean, obviously, the the Xbox One generation, the Kinect, was, like, way more powerful and doing, like, crazy shooting IR dots on your face and could see, like, your blood pressure given, like, the blushness of your face and crazy shit like that. But I don't know. And then stealing that instance, <laughs> stealing your soul... All right. But I never... Sign yeah. me up. I don't think I ever used a Connect. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Wasn't there a Connect at, uh, at RVA MakerFest? Was it someone doing like topographical shit with it? Yeah. Yeah, they had like a sand... Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. They had like a sandbox and you can mess with it and make topographical maps because they had a Connect pointing down at it. And a projector. But yeah. RIP Connect. Hey. Just ha- shit happens. Just go hang out with NeoGaf, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's just make it a trifecta of things shutting down. Uh, all right. Runic shut down. What? The Torchlight developers. Huh? Torchlight? I don't know. That not Diablo, familiar. that cartoony Diablo game that came out? I have out. no idea. Torchlight 2? Hob? Uh-uh. Hob? Okay. Well, okay. So it was a bunch of. Um, think i think the dna of the studio was um a bunch of uh blizzard devs Uh, specifically people that worked on diablo 2 right and then they left as at some point i think torchlight one came out in like 08 and they founded runic games and then runic games made torchlight torchlight 2 which are both diablo-esque you know overhead uh dungeon crawlers and then they made the new game Hob, which was more of a, a third-person action adventure game. And given how the, what's happening to the studio, I guess Hob didn't sell well. So they just made Torchlight Three. They just no kidding. Um, so they're close. They could down. have made a MOBA based on Torchlight lore. Oh shit! Defense of the Torchlights. Yeah. Yeah. That's shitty. Dotal. Um, I was talking to Mason about this and he was saying that I think fall is the time when all of the studios either shut down or <laughs> make their, uh, their, their layoffs. Cause it's like, Hey, uh, we gotta make, we gotta, we gotta release by fiscal year or, you know, end of fiscal year, which is around, which can be around this time or like springtime of, of the following year. Right. And then they don't hit their milestones and they don't hit like their sales goals. And they're like, all right, Burn it all down, because <laughs> we're not making any more money. Because uh, I mean, look, I mean, what's what's closed? Uh, Volition mm. laid off some people after Agents of Mayhem. Uh, Visceral, obviously, EA closed them down. Rip. We have Runic. We have uh, Harmonix uh, kicked some people off. I think the Drop Mix team. Uh, people, it's, I mean, 
This weird cyclical thing. Like it, it no always, money in video games. We gotta get out, guys. We gotta get out. <laughs> That's it. Um, it was fun. Jason Schreier on Twitter was saying that like when I see stuff like this, and also he wrote that book that just came out, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, uh-huh. which is about like kind of people's horror stories of of the games industry. Um, and he also just put out a huge article about uh, everything that happened behind the the visceral closure. He was like, every time I see articles like this, I feel like video games are just unsustainable. And then um, Adam Boys, formerly of Sony, now works for Iron Galaxy, was like, I think that's kind of a little, that's a little kind of a depressing dystopian because he's a business guy. Right. Uh, so I think that's kind of like a, a very pessimistic outlook on how this is. And he went to this discussion of, I think each one of these studios closed down for separate unique reasons. You know, either they didn't make great business decisions or like they, they didn't read the market or the tea leaves or like how the wind was blowing and such and such and such. And I thought it was interesting kind of back and forth because, you know, it's Jason Schreier's job to kind of report the news and, and kind of do these deep dives into how studios are faring. And a lot of his reports lately between his book and his reports on Kotaku, it's like, all right, here's Visceral shutting down. Here's why Mass Effect Andromeda was so shitty. Here's right. why Destiny 1 was so shitty uh, at initial launch. And I think he just, you know, when you're that far down, when you're that much of a muckraker in as much as you can be in games, right? I feel like obviously that's going to color your view of how the industry's health is doing. Whereas Adam, yeah. Adam Boyd's like his job is to, all right, we got to pivot. We got to, we got to survive. We got to scrape by. We got to, how are we going to change things up to, to make it to tomorrow? And it was it was interesting seeing those two things, um, and also kind of like frustrating because Jason Schreier is supposed to be the one that's the publicly facing one. Yeah, you know he's he's the one that's going to be talking the most to the public, whereas Adam Boys is you know going to be more in the background. But um, totally, totally not viable. We just need to stay small, Will. Just stay small. Yeah, just <laughs> keep your head down. Two, three people. I, I can pay two or three salary. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, mm. One day I'll be able to pay my own salary. <laughs> hey, there we go. Uh, but yeah. All right. Um, oh, and also uh, Travis Baldry, um, who was a co-founder at Runic Games. He put up a really good uh, thread of like all these random trivias of Runic uh, on Twitter. And you should definitely check it out. He's at Twin Stick Games. Um, and he just has like random factoids that happen throughout Runic Games' life that, you know, these are things that almost happened but didn't pan out. And these are th- crazy things we decided, um, such as Runic almost got or became a part of PopCap and then the economy crashed. So around 2008, I guess, EA was thinking of buying them or merging them with, with PopCap. Um, and then the entire deal kind of went south. Uh, the first torchlight prototype involved a test model that looked remarkably like Jesus dual wielding swords. All right. So just stuff like that. And it's, it's a big, big long thread. I think he's still adding to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Well, one last thing for today. Parish games week happened. So I wasn't paying attention. Sony's thing. Have you been paying attention to the, discussions about domestic violence and yeah, violence against women a bit yeah uh well that's what kickstarted it 
uh, because so a bunch of games got announced for PlayStation. Uh, one, two of which were Last of Us Part Two and Detroit Become Human, both of which got very badly slammed in the public sphere about being way too violent against women, way too violent against, way too violent against women. I believe because uh, I didn't watch the D- Detroit one, but apparently it deals a lot with uh, domestic violence. Uh-huh. Cause that's apparently when the AI wakes up like their AI Butler or whatever witnesses like the husband beating. Is that the David wife. cage one? Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, so that, that, that was one. And then the last of us part two one, obviously it's last of us. So it's post apocalyptic can be as raw and gritty as it can be. And it's just, right. I don't know, it's pretty messed up. Like watching it, I could see both sides. I could be like, Hey, uh, I can understand like why, how you wanted to be, how Naughty Dog wanted to be very in your face visceral about this, but also like, I don't, what did this get the, the point across? Have you seen either of these trailers? Nope. All right. So I'll just, just talk about the did FromSoft announce anything. <sighs> I don't think so. I'm, I'm basically Not, I'm just, in hiding. I'm checked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, uh, the last of us one. So this woman is about to get lynched. By these cultists in like the woods, right. and then this this, I guess this cultist like runaway, who's like a teenager, and her friend, uh, come and save the woman from getting hung. Uh-huh. And the the teenager that comes to save them, she gets her arm badly beaten by a hammer. Like Ooh. they just hold her arm down to the ground, and one of the cultists just like takes a hammer and just like hits it like five times and it's just bloody and just like limp, just like a noodle and she can't do anything with it. And then, you know, obviously the other woman's like being suffocated by this noose. It's just, I don't know. It's a lot of, lot of violence. And apparently like the, the theory is that the woman being hung is Ellie's mom, Ellie from the first game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. <sighs> I never really liked last of us. I know I I've played like a couple hours of it. One it has really hours. good lighting. <laughs> and that's all I gotta say. Yeah. Look at these lights. The light of us. Yeah. It's my art book. <laughs> I do like a really deep rundown into deep dive into the the lighting models used in Last of Us. Yeah. I I never I've never really been into any naughty dog games. Really? Yeah. Not big Uncharted guy? No. What about Chris Bandicoot? No. What about Spiralim? Maybe. Jack and Daxter? But nope. And also no. Okay. I thought you were a Sony man. I I liked Sony Japan. Okay. Sony America. Fuck them. No. Fuck them. What is a Bandicoot? (laughs) It's not even American. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. I felt like the reaction to the to the Last of Us one was just kind of like, ugh, like we're confused, but we kind of understand why you do this, but it's still you probably shouldn't do this. But the the response to Detroit was kind of like, no, fuck, no, this fucking David Cage being <laughs> fucking. De- so ah, oh, I'm a <laughs> austere, I'm an artist, I'm. Yeah, David Cage is like a really good example. Like whenever I'm thinking about making a game, and I'm like. Is it my place to comment on X, Y, or Z? I can always just look to David Cage and be like, it is not my position. 
(laughs) Well, I mean, I think, I don't think games, like, I would like to be able to talk about, like, topics like, you know, freedom of will or, you know, just society, you know, class conflict in society or things like that. I think those are interesting things that games can approach. I just think... The, if you're kind of like blind to the like intersectionality of other topics, then you just pull a pull a DC and cage it out of the park. What? You know? DC Comics? No, David Cage. Oh, D- oh okay. All right. All I'm right. just trying to abbreviate things, make it easier <laughs> for everybody. Make it easier for, for you. <laughs> yeah. Letter, letter U. Um Yeah, I don't know what to what to make of it. Uh well, I no, I do know what to make of, of the David Cage part. It's that, you know, I don't think, I think maybe David Cage's like form of cinematic story based game making was good when we were first trying to do this, like you know, Heavy Rain or Indigo Prophecy or those first couple games. Like maybe, maybe we needed that step to get to, you know, these other better narrative driven games like you know the telltale games or gone home or or the fire watches of the world i just don't think this kind of cinematic like investing a lot into mocap to make your kind of you know very ham-fisted societal commentary right i just don't think we need that now or ever yeah i just it's 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 why do they keep giving david cage money obviously these games are selling Obviously, Beyond Two Souls sold enough. I feel like it probably didn't, but it but it had to because look at the amount of games that like are getting like you know you're telling me that D- Detroit Become Human is allowed to survive, but that Star Wars Amy Hennon game isn't like unless the unless Quantic Dreams games are like selling ridiculously, they have to have be. There's like as a business as a business in the games industry where like everything is just a cost benefit analysis, there's no way they can just be like, well, you know, these David cage bangers aren't really like hitting it out of the park, but you know, he seems like a nice enough guy. Like, yeah. I don't know why the Sony exec is like a Texas oil baron. They always are. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you here, He's Mr. A real cage. Shooter. Yeah. I like the cut of your gym, Mr. Gage. Yeah. It's cage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, take a nickel. <laughs> yeah, I think um I don't know, I think I think David David Cage, he needs an editor. I think he needs an editor as much as uh, Kojima needs an editor. Let's, let's let's take the crazy and let's 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 focus it into something that's like that can actually benefit this industry. Right. Instead of being like, "Wow, I'm the zany art creator dude. I'm going to uh, Mads Mickelson's gonna bleed oil out of uh, his eyes. I'm so psyched. God damn it, Will. <laughs> I am interested. I'm interested in playing a not Metal Gear Kojima game. Yeah. And seeing what it's like. I'm also interested to see what Spelunky 2 is gonna be. Right. So other things that came out in the Paris Games Week. Spelunky 2 was announced. Guacamelee 2, uh Sucker Punch's new game, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh-huh. Which looks really cool. Um but since this, since we're indie devs, and this is supposed to be an indie dev podcast, um, why? Moment 
our colleague Momin Khan brought up an interesting point on uh, about the Spelunky and Guacamelee 2 uh, announcements, saying something to the effect of, I guess this is what Triple I is now. Being like, all right, you're gonna make a gonna make a sequel to a super successful indie game and like not try anything new, which I thought was interesting because a when Splunky first came out, I was like, well, I feel like the obvious thing to do would be to make a sequel to this because people are just raving about this and why wouldn't you? It just makes right. business sense. But then they released or they announced, um, Derek, you announced UFO fifty. So psyched for that, which is like yeah, the, the that mini game collection. And I was like, oh, I guess we're not doing a Splunky 2, which is also cool. Like, do whatever you want. But then they announced Splunky 2. And I'm like, all right, well, now I'm just confused. Like, <laughs> I guess with the amount of money Splunky probably made, it makes sense to have multiple projects in the works. But also, mm-hmm. when Moment said that, it almost sounded like if you're an indie, you shouldn't make sequels to your successful games. I went to a GDC talk that I can't remember who it was that gave it, but... uh. It was pretty interesting, and it was all about how indies should make more sequels. And I tend to agree with her, just because I mean, making video games in itself is such an iterative process, right? That like wrapping up your game doesn't mean that you're done exploring those ideas, right? Um, and I think like where like AAA is just kind of like this made money, so let's do it again. If you're indie, you have the opportunity to like just dive deeper into some ideas. And like I guess like I think that Derek Yu is an interesting dude and I have faith that Spelunky 2 even though I never really got into Spelunky. Yeah, neither did I. I have faith that Spelunky 2 will be interesting, but like it would be really depressing if Spelunky 2 is just like color swap Spelunky more HD with like now you can throw knives or something. It's like a real life looking model it's like a uncharted looking (laughs) model of a spelunker running around or like uh if it just looked like nidhogg too (laughs) right just like super nintendo era like bright fidelity i'd be into that (laughs) yeah i went you know i my my opinion on the nidhogg 2 art style transitioned pretty heavily from like i really don't like this and then people were like, no, but this is why it's interesting because it's like high fidelity and also the creator of Nidhogg thought people were misinterpreting like what his very abstract guys in, in Nidhogg 1 are supposed to be like because people were like, oh, they're like these sleek, svelte fencers of like uh, Atari 2600 games. And he's like, no, right. they're like bumbling, stupid, farting idiots. Right. And this is what they're supposed to look like. Uh, I thought that... I. That like he means like all right that's a creative choice that and he has a good justification for it I like that yeah but I mean like between Nidhogg two Super Meat Boy Forever Splunky two Guacamelee two it's like you're seeing all of these I feel like those all come from like the same era mm-hmm. like they were all like two or three years apart of indie like indie darlings and now they're coming back and like all right we're making sequels for this and to me I'm just like cool like I really like Guacamelee the however much I played of it um, in Nidhogg, but still haven't touched Nidhogg too. Wasn't a big Splunky fan. I might check out Super Meat Boy Forever. But yeah, why not? Like, why not try these things? I also think it's cool that Edmund McMillan went off and made The End is Nigh and and, uh, Binding of Isaac immediately after he did Super Meat Boy. But I also think it's cool that they come back and and see what they can add to Super Meat Boy Forever. Um, Yeah, I just, it, it doesn't bother me. I don't think they're selling out by, oh, yeah, by no. doing this also like 
I can't speak for the other guys, but at the very least, team meet, they don't need to make another game for the rest of their lives. Right. Like they're doing a okay, just living off the the sales of Super Meat Boy One. Yeah. So obviously they're not coming back to be like, we can make even more money. Maybe. We can make I could buy another Tesla. <laughs> I think it's much more the you know what? There's still more to be said in the Yeah. In the Meat Boy saga. I'm not I'm not really too hot on the way Meat Boy Forever looks. Right, because it's more of the, the actual Edmund McMillan drawings as opposed yeah. to the pixel art. Yeah, and it just looks like I don't know, like so there's sort of like a cohesiveness to Edmund McMillan's style. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm like not super into that, this looks more like some other team put right Meat Boy into a mobile game. Hmm. Well, I think originally it was supposed to be a mobile game, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe those were early art passes, but also I don't want to uh, disregard your opinion on it. It might be. We'll just have to see. We'll, we'll see. Just, we'll just have to buy it. We'll just have to go. To Tommy Rafina's his house, and give us give him a twenty, or plug plug unplug his car <gasps> until he gives in. Taking your snake, your AI yeah. snake charger for your Tesla, or just find a fire stick. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's a good place to end it. Great place. Great place. Thank you so much, everyone that joined us today on Caffeine for our streaming extravaganza. Do the weight, do the arms. Will. What's up? (laughs) Yeah, 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 I'm here. Um, Where can people find you? Uh, At X. Zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one zero one zero one 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 zero one zero one 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 but only the one just 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 type it once zero one zero one zero one you'll see it in just search for it you'll find it good luck out there what about you me well me personally you can find me at Dylan Melvento that's D Y L A N I L V E N T O because I will make no assumptions that people can know how to spell my name uh. And I didn't use a, a binary string as my handle will. Uh, loser. That just represents W, right? Yeah. Okay. Because Wendy and I looked it up. It was like, all right. When he was like, all right, what does this bit string mean? I was like, well, it's either it's probably some like something that translates to his name or he, it's a number he really likes. And I forget what number it translates to. 57 or 87 or something. Yeah. 57 viewers. 57 viewers. Let's go with that. 57 binary no, they're all leaving uh, no come <laughs> back um but yeah you can find me personally on twitter at dylan alvento um or dylanalvento.com if you want to look at my portfolio i guess that hasn't been updated in a while um weird what are these people stalking you these, whatever losers <laughs> um but you can find the ward cast and all the ward game stuff at ward games.com or on twitter at Ward Video Games, or if you want to listen to this podcast when we put it up as a recording in your favorite podcast app, just search Wardcast. We're available everywhere, except maybe not Spotify, but most 
most major things. We're on Google Play. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Pocket Casts. Uh, you can just go find our RSS feeds on the website. I think. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Uh, we're out there. Internet. I trust you, savvy people, to know how to use the Googles to find Wardcast. Will. What's up? Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. It's been a while since we've done a, a, a just a two man. I know. Cast. I missed it. Tuman Tuman cast. Tuman the Tuman cast the Tuman show. <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> it's just the walls fall down. It's like oh no, it was a sound stage. <laughs> There are no streamers. Just like these are just like, just this is just a DDoS attack. I was thinking. I feel like Garth from uh, Wayne's World when they get into the TV studio. Instead, of, have you seen I've Wayne's never World? Seen Wayne's World. So this reference isn't. Yeah. Get a load of this guy, Cam. There's a part where they're like, yeah, banging their heads you got it. <laughs> because like Mike Myers hurt his neck really badly, so he had to bang his head like that. Ah, uh, that explains it. Um. But we plan on streaming every week. Join us next week, uh, Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. What if I'm in Bogota? Where Where is that on the map? Point out. We moved the map, so now the map is our backdrop. So if uh, previous listeners will know the infamous map. And so this is the map. This is there you the, go. I'm the map. <laughs> uh, but until next time, Will. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you for watching. Thank you.